From the Lucha Podcast Network, this is the Mass Startup Podcast. The Mass Startup Podcast profiles the most talented creators, impactful entrepreneurs, and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights, learnings, and tactics to help you build the things that you believe in. So you just like wipe them out? <laughs> we commented them out. I was like, let's comment them out. Let's see what people are saying. You know? But so that we can focus on something which I think is going to give us a better chance of succeeding playing in that space. Mm. This time around, being the best guy to go to the market, hopefully we can change that space, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, it was, let me say it was, was very scary at the time. I was very scared after we made that call, you know? Uh, but we had to do it. And then when we started doing that, we started to focus a lot more on groceries. We started to get better on improving the platform itself. You're no longer focusing on many things, you know, because also the resources are limited. It's not like we've got a huge team. So right now the focus is better. And also you can sort of like also map the process in a much easier way, you know. So we started to have this concept of shoppers who would just shop only for, for groceries, who meaning that when the order comes in, they go, pick your stuff and then you know we have drivers who come and collect from those shoppers you know mm. so that process became like seamless you know is that multiple platforms at that point because you've got the platform where the customer is seeing the groceries on a list yeah and they're shopping on there yeah is that going to a different platform for the shopper versus the driver versus the customer yeah so there were there were three platforms that we built so you have a customer app and then when you place an order, then the shop bar on the other side gets your order and they can also communicate with you like in real time. They can chat with you, replace products. If it's not there, they can actually send a suggestion to you, you know. So that really helped us to to scale the groceries on the other side, you know. We became better with groceries. We started growing. A lot of people started seeing using us, mm. uh, word of mouth again. But I think the biggest one where it was a turning point for us was when this lady posted about us. Right. So at the time, like at that time, in fact, we get invited to seven or two all these radios talk about us at this platform, whatever, right? But I had not seen growth like the one we saw after the lady posted about us. That there's this platform called where you can actually get your groceries delivered in one hour, right? And a couple of people then started commenting about it, right? That oh, actually, I've used this platform as well. You know? mm-hmm. So. I remember I woke up, we were so used to like doing about like, let's say 200 orders a day. When I woke Casually up 200 day, orders a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then when I woke up the following day, there's 600 orders, you know. And at that time, damn, you don't even have enough drivers thinking what we do, right? Mm. And then, uh, yeah, and then I, I think we immediately, you know, asked for help from, uh, I think at the time it was Bolt, Taxify at the time, you know, Bolt, asked them to help us to do the deliveries. Yeah, and then we... That's how we were able to scale the platform to the other side, you know. Yeah, and then, you know. How, how, you know, first of all, do you remember who this lady was and why her post specifically sort of really showed or validated that, okay, this is a platform people can trust and people want to use it because of what she said? Do you remember why? Yeah, so so maybe let me say this lady, her name was Michelle, actually, right? Mm-hmm. So so Michelle was a, she was a Jewish lady, right? So, so she, they had this group. Jewish moms of, of Jobek, five thousand people in that group. It was a close group. So she posted on that group because I think she had been using us for for a while. And she was really like in love with the service. You know? So from there, then a lot of these people started ordering from us. 
before this as well, I must say that like when we were making a hundred thousand rand, right? At the time from through groceries, there was this other lady as well. She was like in fact she was the only customer who was making a hundred was make who was making us to make the hundred thousand rand mm. a month. She was actually ordering that much groceries in a month. So in fact when we left everything, we were actually going to service one customer. And at the time I was thinking, damn, if I find just fifty of these customers, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, yeah, that lady I think gave us that opportunity to get like really high, like very like rich customers here in Joburg. When I looked at that base at the time, when you look at our top hundred customers because of that, like over like you could see that like all of them spend over fifty thousand a month on groceries. So that really gave us like a like a leg as well, you know, to start playing in that space and challenge, you know, all the other guys that were there. I remember at the time the guys were doing groceries from the retail side, or just pick and pay and, and Woolworth, and they run things to customers, you know, after 30 days or four days, you know. So, yeah, so that really gave us, like, that advantage where, you know, now you've got this base, now you're scaling the platform, now you are fixing the problems as well, you know. And then we we entered the MTN world, mm. and I think we won our on that night. But, you know, at the time, in fact, I must also say that at that time, as this thing is growing, right, we didn't have money, we're still not funded. No funding. The landlord, we're not paying him in Bram, you know, you know, gone for like six months without paying for rental. But I used to communicate with him. I would tell him that, hey, you know, we'll pay you. We're still building this thing, you know. I believed in this thing. And, and, and you're leveraging the story again. Now it's just that story, story, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember like this guy as well, he will see me. The landlord, I remember this other time, he, I think he saw and I had a TV interview or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then... And then he, of course, when you're saying to customers, you can't say we're struggling, you know, otherwise who wants to buy it from people who are struggling, you know. It was more like, no, we're doing well, you know, growing, all of those things. And we're, we're really growing, right? But there was just no money. Right? And from customers, the assumption was like, ah, these guys are so good. They've already partnered. How did they even get these partnerships, you know? Like a lot of people were like, you know, I'll see their comments. Ah, this guy is like, wow, partnered with all the retailers. There was no partnership at the time, you know? And then... I remember the landlord when he sees me like, you know, on TV, following they will come and knock and say, Hey, I see you're doing well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we we'll interview there, you know. And I will tell you that no man, that story was not meant for you. You, know? <laughs> you are not my for, audience yeah, right now. Customers, you know? <laughs> so yeah, so like but I think what I learned then was just to communicate. You'd be very mm. surprised that a lot of these people, you know, including your friends, people around you, right? just need to know, to be comfortable that, you know, you are not trying to rob them. Mm. You, will, you will honor the promise, you know. And I mean, we went for, with those guys, I remember we went for even over a year without paying rent. And, and when we got money, we paid all of it, you know. So, like, making people comfortable, that's one thing that I learned then, you know, that you, because also, like, when I was running the business, another important lesson that I learned then was I had to borrow money from friends almost every day. Yeah, to sustain the business every time there was growth. Like you can just imagine if you're used to being 200 orders, right? Just to give you context as to like what's happening behind the scenes, right? So remember like we don't have any credit terms with retailers. So when you're growing, it means we need to have that money up front. So when you order stuff, remember when you pay online, it's not like we're getting that money immediately. You might get it the following day. You know, if it's a weekend, that's where you find that you don't get it on the weekend. So if you woke up and you had 600, orders, it means you need to have working capital to go buy those things mm. in the retail store, you know. But customers didn't even see that. It was so seamless, you know. Sometimes 
you know, a customer will be complaining. Meanwhile, I'm still trying to hustle money on the other side. Just to, to make sure that we can fulfill these orders. Yes. There's been a lot of cases like that where, and the shop as well, the guys who work for me, they don't think this company doesn't have money. You know, mm-hmm. we just see guys saying, card is declining. <laughs> and the shoppers think it's even, you know, the store's fault or maybe the machine mm-hmm. or whatever. On the other side, when I hear card declining, I'm thinking that now I need to make serious calls, you know. And you have one hour to deliver. So here I am trying to call all the friends. Can you borrow me 5,000? Can you borrow me, borrow me 10,000? I need to fulfill one, two, three, four, you know. So that was our story. When you, you know, you said there's growth mm. and people are placing orders and the money is going into the bank, but there's no money. Yeah. Can you explain what that means to someone else that's listening? Because they might go, what do you mean? Because that's what like the landlord is thinking as well, right? Like how this platform's growing. A lot of people are using it. Everything's good. Yeah. But there's no money. Yeah. Look, I think, you know, the, the e-commerce space, right? I mean, food delivery, Ubers, all those things, right? I think most important thing is you need scale to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you have to, and also you have to be reasonable, right? So, so for instance, if I remember where the time was, you charge about seven percent service fee, yeah, something like that, right? With a delivery fee of forty-five rand, right? So, most people what they don't know is that, for instance, if a company charges you thirty-five rand or five rand delivery fee. Get a delivery fee. Where are they getting that money? Because to deliver something is not five rand. Yeah, you can try it on your own as well. You'll see that <laughs> not five rand, right? So one of the things, for instance, that you have to to get right is just the margin, right? In terms of like from our side, what was clear is, is this: we've got two options. In order for us to scale, because remember also the partnerships they were going to come when they see that they scale. Mm. So so you are not just waiting for now. So you have to look at like two years from now, if I scale these things, would one of the biggest retailer want to work with us and give us a margin? Right? Because so, and also like if you want to charge customers like more, like charging 15, 20% upfront, it just means that you won't scale the platform because people will think it's too expensive. You mm-hmm. have to pitch it very low. But when you pitch, pitch it low, it means, you know, you, you, in some cases, you could actually just you just break even or lose some money as well, you know. And I'm I'm just talking about the platform only, not other things like paying salaries, paying office, whatever, you know. That's where, like, if you look at a lot of these platforms, what you have to do is you have to go and raise money first, raise capital, make sure your story makes sense, and then once you raise capital and people see the growth, then you can go back and raise more money until you get to a point where you're at a massive scale. At scale, what helps you is. At scale, because also like if you look at this platform as well, the most important thing is a three-way marketplace like ours. You need to keep drivers happy. Mm. So, so you find that in the beginning, if a driver just comes and he's doing one order, it, it means he earns thirty-five rand a day. That's mm. not enough to cover his cost, right? So you yourself as well, you need to also cover his cost in the beginning. You need to come in and say, "Oh, this driver, I need to pay. I need to pay for." Well, I need to do this and to make sure I can pay salary as well, otherwise we'll quit. You know. Mm. So that's why when I talk about scale, you need you need to be prepared to do that. Because no one opens here and then they are they are drivers, it's everything. So what works for these platforms as well is also to try and entice customers quickly so that like all that ecosystem can work very quick. So like for instance, when Uber is launched here, yeah, they'll give customers a free beggar. You know, when you give a free beggar, it means most of you guys can now order. 
and the other guys is more on the other side, the riders are getting work. You know? mm-hmm. so, so that is very important to keep that ecosystem alive, you know, and making sure you have a balance at any given time, you know. Too many riders as well, with less orders, it means it can actually create a problem for you as well. Because, I mean, all of these things are, to the business, these are all your customers, your riders, the pickers. You want to make sure that there's enough balance in terms of the supply and demand on those things, you know. Yeah. So, so as a startup with no capital, it becomes very difficult, you know, because you can't just give free things to people, right? You don't have that. So you have to grow gradually. But at the same time, you need to pay that guy. You know, if you have a one-hour promise, you need to pay that guy to be there. If mm-hmm. you give him less, or you bring him as an independent to say, come and work as an independent contractor, we're going to get work, he doesn't want to get a story. <laughs> he needs to put petrol to go home and feed his family, you know. Yeah. So... So keeping that balance is always very challenging in the beginning when you're still launching a, a platform like this one. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've had these points of growth where, you know, it was a critical moment, you needed to make a decision, mm-hmm. and you clearly are like, you know, a pivot king at this point. <laughs> yeah. Can you say something about the importance of knowing when to leave something that's not working and how to develop the solution for what it looks like yeah. to to build something new or something on top of what you were building before that looks completely different. Yeah, look, I think firstly, don't allow it to die. I think a lot of people, in fact, they hold on to something that's dying, right? You must always have a, you know, and as an entrepreneur, it's, you're always very, you, you're always very positive. Right, you, you you sell the story as well to people that work for you, right? To say guys, like, and you find you see them motivated, right? And and I've done a couple, of, and I'll I'll talk about them as well. Like, I mean, like you now know that we move from picking from the retailers to operating our own warehouses, right? And 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 when I was doing that pivot, right, it was in fact that was the most difficult pivot that I had to do, right? I was when I do when I did that one was. The reason why it was difficult was because now this platform was big. It's a big platform. We just came from like a period where we had done like 300 million rand a year, right? So it's a big platform, right? And then I tell the guys that, and and the growth is clear, Mm. right? It's clear. But at the same time, you know, the guys that we expected that they would come to the party, not come to the party. Remember like the partners? Yeah, the partners. Mm. Remember then it was more like, if we do this, we'll get a partner. We get someone and buy a partner. We're just talking about someone's going to give us seven percent or ten percent commission on the other side. Right? At three hundred million rand, those guys are not coming. What do you do, right? Do you continue and remember, like it's like you bad money, right? If you don't have those partners, right? So, but and of course on the other side, loyal base customers, very passionate. Oh, okay, cool. We're finishing up now. All right, cool. Cool. I get all the time until it's done. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, it's fine. Let's just... Okay, cool. To, yeah. cool. So that one, is it fine, that one? Oh, no. Nah, don't worry about this one now. It's fine. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, sorry, sorry. It's cool. Yeah, so... So to me, it was clear that the guys are not coming. They are not going to partner with us. They're going to let a billion rand or five billion. <laughs> so 
So what do you do, right? So we then started thinking about like opening our own dark stores, our own warehouses, right? Where we can actually... So this idea actually came way before COVID to say, you know what, we need to pivot to become like a, a retailer ourselves, an online, pure online retailer where people can buy multiple things from us. Yeah, and then another thing that is important to mention as well is as we're doing these groceries as well, right? Like where we, you know, it was very clear that, you know, if there were people who knew how to think about groceries at scale and independent, it was just us, you know? And yeah, and I think in 20... 20, I'm getting the days, the days wrong. The years, yeah. I think the, the years are blurry at this blurry, point. <laughs> at this point, right? But I think, yeah, like, I mean, around 2017 or so, right? Because then, after we won our awards, actually, that's one thing that I think I want to go back to. After we won the MTN Apple Bay Award, I was now motivated. I was thinking, damn, we're doing something right. You know? And then I remember I sent an email to one of the retailers, the CEO, telling them about what we've been doing and how we want to partner with them. And also, they were also getting a lot of messages that we tell as well from a lot of customers. A lot of CEOs will tell them that, guys, just use these guys. You know, mm. you know these guys know exactly how to deliver groceries when our stop your platform. Your platform's not working. You know? So, yeah, like, but the guys were still running around, you know, like, you know, meeting after meeting. You know, I bought so many suits, man. Every time I went to see those guys, like, he has a new suit. <laughs> Thinking we are signing this deal, you know. But the deals are just not coming, you know. And then, why do you think that was? Look, I think it's very difficult, right? To But also, like, it's, it's a matter of, like, also imagination, right? A lot of people, they lack that imagination in terms of how things can look like. You know, like, it's hard to have people who can think about the future. And to me, it was so it was so obvious that this thing is gonna look like this. You know, I would even get frustrated. It's like, why? Why did you see that? You know? Yeah. And and I mean, like you know, those type of people, even if you give them another opportunity, they'll still make the same mistake again. You know, even if you try and tell them things would look like this, they'll still make the same mistake over and over again. So yeah, but we continued, right? We continued. And at right? this point, what's funding you? Look, I mean, what's funding us is the cash flow. <laughs> It's being able to generate money. You're selling, you, but there's no profit, right? Uh, like, you know, there's, like, whatever you are selling today comes the following day. You're putting it here. You're doing that. So, like, just mm-hmm. being able to get money every day, right? But if you were to pause and pay everyone, there's no money in the business, right? So, so but what's helping you is, like, you just generating that, that cash, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, telling drivers, I'm going to pay you out of the month, this, that, you know, restructuring your things, you know. Yeah, and of course, like, relying a lot on friends, you know, can help you out, you know, when you need X, Y, Z. So that was what was funding us at the time, you know. But what was clear to me as well is, you know, we needed, we needed something, we needed capital, right? So I remember one one retailer came on the former class space, they were like, yeah, they're interested to partner with us. They want to give us, like, 2%. And they want exclusivity, but then at the time, I was like, no, man, that 2% was not going to move any needle. Mm. Because we at the time where we needed cash. Like, I needed someone who, one thing that I knew is, like, our technical capabilities were, were very strong, right? It was going to benefit anyone. In fact, for me, it was like, why didn't this guy see this, you know? So I remember I went to those guys, and was like, guys, you know, we got an offer from the CEO saying X, Y, Z, but I then challenged that. I was like, no, we're not going to take your 2%. You know, 
one, two percent. And it was very brave from someone who was very angry, you know. Because <laughs> nobody was like that, you know, and speaking tail yeah. giving an offer. You just sort of take it and run, you know. But I was like, oh, okay, maybe these guys, they can give us something, for, you know. So uh, ask for a meeting. Say, maybe let's discuss, you know. If you want a specificity, I can give it to you. We, what we'll do is, from our side, we'll, we'll build this category. It was a pharmaceutical category, right? You know, we'll, we'll build it for you. We'll have exclusivity, so on, which means when you go to our platform, you are the only one. But you can pay a sum towards development, you know? To pay something towards development so that we'll make that category like a leading category, you know? I remember the time, you know, when that meeting was an intense meeting, you know, and there was, you know, like CIO, CFO, and then there was one guy who was a shareholder as well for that business, you know. The shareholder was very, like, tough, you know, even on the CIO. And I remember the CIO and CFO were trying to different because they, they could see these young boys, passionate, mm. the tech is there, you know, you know, just have something, you know, like, even if you pay 500000 700000 for them to do something, right, it, it would be meaningful, right? So, but we end up not getting the deal. In fact, later on, they actually wanted to see because the 2%, they didn't even do check anything, you know. Later on, they were asking me if we want this, then let's talk more about, like, what are you doing? Sales a month, you know, and our sales were very low, you know. So it was more like, and again, I think these were the mistakes that people were making. They were looking for something wrong in us, you know. Instead of looking for our skills and the capabilities and the passion, they were looking for, for sales which they already had. You know, when I look at them, I'm like, but actually it was wrong for you to mm. come and ask me how much am I making? Because as an independent player who's just starting out, you know, I'm not going to have a billion brand that you have, you know? So a lot of people sometimes they get this thing wrong of thinking that if I'm this big retailer with 100 billion, I'm going to look for someone who's making 1 billion, you know? But the answer don't lie in that, you know? And I think this is where, like, fast forward, checkers came as well. They wanted something, you know, they looked around everywhere. It was very clear that we are the, the right guys to work with. Yeah, and then even with that, it did take some time. Like, you know, yeah, this meeting, and it doesn't happen. You know, like, you know, I remember I kept on sending them emails. When are we doing this? When are we doing this? You know, to a point where I remember I got irritated because I'm getting an answer, you know. And I was like, guys, we're working with all the retailers except you, you know. Mm. What's wrong with you? you know? And I got an answer very quickly. <laughs> it was very clear that we don't want to work with you guys at this stage, you know. And then fast forward, other people joined Checkers and then they approached us again to say, guys, let's do this, you know. When mm. there was supposed to be one hour meeting, we were there the whole day. We had built everything. The platform was really advanced, everything. So to them, like when they looked at the platform, it was very clear. That Just to you know, clarify what you're speaking about, yeah. what platform have you built at this point? So, you mean like, or, well, it's a social platform uh, that we're talking about. So, yeah. they, so we are talking about the grocery platform, like everything. Like we, they can see that these guys understand. Replacement of products when something's not there, the dashboard, the picking, mm -hmm. everything was clear, you know. So, yeah, and then, again, you know, from our side, we're really looking for that break, you know, because it was not, we're not, in fact, we're not even interested in anyone coming to our platform. It was more like we need cash now, right? Otherwise... Mm -hmm. We are dying, you know. The landlord is on my neck as well. We need this money, you know. And then, yeah, I think they gave us a break, you know. It was actually, let me put it this way. At the time when we did that, the 
checkers. A lot of these retailers were not doing anything with the small players. You know, mm. It was very hard for 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 a lot of these players to get a, a partnership with the retailer. You know, and I learned that later that you know, I used to think even price check is working with these guys, but there was nothing. You know, mm. Partnerships were hard with the retailers. You know, again, it was that mindset of because those guys they do billions, right? So if you're doing billions, you're always looking for someone who's doing billions. So if someone comes and they're like they're doing five million rand a month, they're like that's nothing. Mm. Right. So yeah, so we that gave us our first break. That was a very small team in Bram. In fact, we didn't have any team, by the way. It was just me, Michael, and then my cousin as well, Dash. You know. So they actually backed three guys. Those guys. You know, mm. They trusted us to build, which is now one of the biggest platform by far in South Africa. They trusted us that these guys can do it. You know. And then yeah, we didn't disappoint. You know. It, were very committed, you know. I remember when we got the contract, like, okay, now we're talking, you know. The contract was, was a very good contract for us. It really gave us a break, you know. Is this then just another sort of iteration of you, you know, being very conscious about finding different ways to win to sustain something that you were already building? Right? So yeah. if you think about it, this is very similar to the books, right? Like, yeah. The books, you've got 700,000 rand in debt. Yeah. You've got 300,000 rand in sales. Yeah. Let's pivot to the sort of entry level gadgets. Yeah. Entry level gadgets fund the book business. Yeah. In this case, you're building out Zulzi, you're trying to build out this platform and like the, all of that. Yeah. But now you found another way to win yeah. to sustain what you were trying to build. Definitely. It was just that, you know, like, okay, cool. But this time around, it's a couple of millions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so I was like, okay, cool. We can, you know, we can do something. Mm. You know, like, in fact, that was, I think to me that was the most difficult part, right? Now we, we sort of like doing software development, right? We were very good at tech, but it's not something we wanted to do, right? But we found ourselves there. Mm. Now we're doing this. Now we have to build teams. You know, in the beginning it was more like you know we hire people. These guys can work in these teams. You know, jump between these two things. But I think the other side was too demanding. You know, to a point where we, our own platform was neglected, you know. And then over time, we realized that actually it's so difficult to have a tech team work on many things, you know. And then we started to split the team later on, you know, to hire dedicated resources for Zuzi, have dedicated resources for Checkers as well. Also, biggest lessons as well. At the time, I mean, you know, this was before COVID, you know. So a lot of these things, when people see it, they think, ah, the timing was so perfect. People were building before then, you know. Mm. These guys were investing before then, you know. And then COVID hit. When COVID hit, actually, from our side, we we're not ready because you can just imagine the tech is no longer. We had many issues that we know, but we're no longer fixing them because we're working on something else. Mm. So I remember, for instance, even things like, like, because now you're doing many orders, right? So if you don't subdivide them into hubs, it was difficult you know, to see what's going on. Because mm. no longer like doing five, six hundred orders, you are now doing, you know, like three thousand orders were coming in within two hours. And this is COVID. This is COVID. You know? So in fact, COVID we had to. I remember in COVID, we would open when we open at eight. We had to close at nine, so we only open for one hour for people to order, and by that time you had three thousand orders, mm. and. You know, like you don't have the resources. There. I mean, drivers, shoppers. Yeah, it was ridiculous. You know, and 
And, and also another thing that was more difficult as well was the fact that every order that you're doing was more difficult because there's no stop. So, which means now you need to spend time on each order. Yeah, so a shopper must actually communicate with the customer. Sometimes can't find the customer. So it was just, it was crazy. How did you have to deal with that? And obviously you still have like the, the work that you're doing from the tech team yeah. for checkers, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're still trying to build this platform out and you, you know, you're getting these crazy amounts of orders, which I don't think anyone would have been prepared for. Like COVID is just, yeah. I don't think people contextualized the reality for a business like yours in that situation. How did you have to manage, whether it was the team itself, yeah. the massive expectations and like the demands of customers who are just like, look, I'm not leaving my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you now are my only hope. <laughs> you know, funny enough, like those things happen a lot, right? Like I remember even this other time, you know, you know, when you're in the space, you get to know, right? You get to understand it. You know, I remember this other time I was, I ordered stuff from Uber. It was raining. Mm. You know, funny enough, people don't understand. You know, when it's raining, everybody does not want to go out, right? Including drivers. <laughs> it's not just you. <laughs> so every time you order stuff and it's raining, right, it's mm. pouring, right? And also there's a lot of accidents with these bike drivers as well, right? Mm. And that when it's raining, they're slippery, the road is slippery, they, you know, Guys are dying on the road. All their friends as well. All his friends, when there's an accident, they are not interested in wearing a bag. They mm-hmm. want to go and see his friend. It's fine, you know. But you know, you know, funny enough, like you know, this other story. I was like, I ordered stuff. Like I was very close up. I used to live in Denfen back then, right? So it was very close to Denfen Square. I could literally walk to to the store, you know. So it was raining. It was crazy. And I ordered on Uber Eats, right? But because I understand, when it was only coming after an hour, I could see, okay, cool. There's a massive problem. So I was like, okay, cool, let me actually go to the store. It took me two hours to get my order in the store as well. Mm. That's how crazy it was. So COVID as well was a similar thing, you know, where, you know, we'll open an hour, you've got 3,000 orders. And what was more crazy for us was the fact that we were not ready, even from a system perspective. So the time where to, you know, we're hiring, you know, I was actually like, you know, helping the guys to move quickly, calling guys at, you know, there were a couple of guys that you had met in Cape Town, good waiter. Now you're calling them. You know, you don't know any other person, you know, mm. can come and work for us. Like, you're doing interviews at night, you know. Call center as well is ringing like crazy. You know, I remember this other time I was like, guys, we need to stop taking calls. Because, mm. like, we need to think about what should we do to stop this thing, you know. It was just crazy, you know. Yeah, but also what was more crazy for me was the fact that I wanted to pivot at that time, right? Because it was clear that that model that we're running is not the model that's going to sustain us going forward. And this is the model where you still have shoppers in the stores. Yes. They are picking. Yeah. And then you're connecting them to the driver. The driver goes to the customer. Yeah, and they pay with a card. <laughs> and they're stealing like crazy as well, right? But mm. you're them cards, your bank cards, you know. You know, like it's crazy. You're dealing with so many things, you know. One guy can just easily take money. and You know, where cases where people go buy clothes, you hire a new guy. Yeah. There's a car, they go buy clothes. Yeah. So there was a lot of crazy stuff because the operations were not simple. But not simple. It was it was a lot of heavy lifting. So what what did it take for you? You know, you seeing that this is not working, you're overloaded from a system perspective and like orders perspective. What does it look like to overhaul the systems and start to build out something that would work 
at the scale that you want to actually be able to fulfill. Yeah, so we had like three days to change the whole system. Three days? Yeah, three days we had to separate the entire system into hubs. So Mm. you have a hub. So hubs are easier to manage as well, you know. So you'll have people that you have to add that are now dealing with the specific hubs, you know. You get the orders for something hub, you know, four ways hub, like that, you know. And, you know, funny enough, as we're doing that, there was a bug as well in the system where there was a one hub that was in Cape Town, was not added, so people couldn't see it. That hub, it means others were just going there and one was attending to them. Sure. Because remember, there's no, there's no time to even test these things. You just, you develop, put it to production, you know. Mm. We also had to migrate from, we used to host with, like, we had to migrate to, to AWS at the time, you know. Also, that migration had to be done within that day. So it was really, really crazy, you know. I remember, like, even, you know, like, as a seller, we were always selling as well, right? I remember one of the the people were running, like, an online platform for one of these big retailers as well. We're not working with them directly, but they were just calling me to find out how things were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're seeing films, I could not lie and say, ah, we've got a lot of capacity coming. <laughs> no, I had to be honest, go, I know I'm seeing flames, you know. And she confessed herself. She's like, yo, and these bloody customers, they don't get it. <laughs> no, they don't care. Yeah, I want my girls. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it was crazy. I think COVID was the, it was a, it was a crazy moment. I think mm. for us, it was more crazy because I was actually just worried that I'm getting disturbed on the mission that I had, mm. which was to build an independent grocery retailer, which I think could have done it very well, you know, but, but then when that changed, first, opened a lot of eyes to other people as well. They realized, oh, in this space, there's something. Mm. Yeah, because before then, there was no, there was no really an understanding as to like, why groceries, why this is going to be big. Yeah, so I wasn't too excited about it, right? Most especially that I didn't have even one dark store. I was still picking from a model that I didn't believe in. You know? Yeah. So what does it look like to do that pivot from, you know, you don't necessarily have straightforward partnerships with each retailer. Mm. You've got the sort of three platforms, the customers, the sellers, and the drivers, to going, okay, you can shift to this new model. Can you explain the the new model? And then also just explain what it took to then move from the old model to the new one. Yeah, so I think what was actually more difficult was building two streams as well, right? So so before COVID, we were already building a platform, uh, the new Zuzi platform. Mm. That was going to enable us to, to sort of like, in fact, it was built in such a way that it will allow us to put our own products. But as a customer, you would not even say it with seamless, you know. So meaning that the plan was to start taking things out, you know, and put our own things. Yeah. Mm. So we're already building a platform like that, you know, on the customer side. But I think that platform was very, there was a lot of things that we're still missing when COVID hit. You know? mm. We had a mini dark store as well in, in Santon. In Sant- we're using it as a, as a trial, you know, just to see how things work, you know. And so we'll have like a few products there. So customers, when they order, they will get some stuff from Susie, some stuff from the retailers. Yeah, and then, uh, but because of the pressure that we had on the other side as well, right? Because also remember, checkers like when COVID hit, it was more like we're still doing a trial in two stores. And they had to open 100 stores in just one day. Sure. So... Yeah, on the other side as well, from a tech perspective, the demands, like fixing the stuff, the problems, were just crazy, you know. So we're very thin, 
Mm. At the time, we had a team of like six developers. You know? Yeah. So, so in fact, you know, it's, it's crazy when I look at like. No, it's insane. <laughs> it was like you know, people would imagine like a team of hundred. You know, it's four guys. You know, very young. And I must say, like the team that we used, because it's really important. You know, to talk about these things. I mean, the team that we picked at the time, right, to build checkers. It was like four guys. Used to do the interviews, interview those guys myself, right? I'll call them like very young people, but very smart. You know, I'll mm. go for like the smartest guy. You know, I remember one guy interviewed, we still here, Bernard Swart, young guy, very, very smart. Another guy, Kulani Dash. And what are you looking for in these guys? Because obviously they are about to, you know, endeavor in like an impossible task almost for the size of the team that they are. Yeah, it was actually more about like, you see what I've seen in IT, for instance, a lot of guys with 10, 15 years experience, but they've been doing nothing, you know. It was about, like, can we get guys who can learn things? You know, we'll teach them, you know, you know and teach them how to do stuff. But we want guys who are teachable, you know. So that's what we're looking for, you know. With, even today, right, that's what I practice as well. I don't give a damn about how many years of experience, especially when it comes to tech, right. I, I'm always looking for people who are very passionate, people who can demonstrate that they're able to do things on their own. You know? mm. Yeah, and then I remember, yeah, Bernard was one of the guys I hired, you know, and at the time when I hired him as well, we were still in Bram, you know, and moving to, 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 to Santa. So, but of course, I couldn't sell the Bram story. Someone from Stellenbosch, <laughs> someone from Stellenbosch, you know, is, you know, comes from a cool family, is, you know, the white young man, very smart. I can't take a white young man that smart to Bram, you know, you know. So, he, so I had to put it there that we were in Santin, we're based in Santin, and it still tells me today, dude. I was so scared when I had to go to Bram. <laughs> like, what did I get myself into, you know? But those guys were very passionate, you know, very very passionate. People were like, spent night, you know, waking, you know. I wanted to get things done, you know. Yeah, and then we continued like that, you know. I mean, today that team is growing. 25 people supporting checkers. Yeah, so, but the initial team was just four guys, you know, building that. And then on the Zuzi side as well, we, we didn't have, in fact, we were expecting those guys to help on the other side. So we're still very thin. But I think after COVID, we realized that, damn, we have to change ways of working. The structure has to change. Yeah, and then we started building the, our own team. Again, we, we did the same thing. We really went out there, get, like, smart guys. Because we didn't have, what do you call it? We didn't have enough resources where we can hire, like, multiple people. In fact, a lot of people seen guys who complain that oh, you expect me to build an app by myself here. You know? So mm-hmm. expectations even today, right? Where we we think it's like it's like a there's always high pressure, must perform and you know like yeah if you can't do those things then yeah this is not for you, right? So we always look for people who you, know, you have to be smart definitely, you know. And and it works better, yeah, right? To look for people that you can teach and also pay them well. Right, pay them well. I prefer to pay. I'd rather pay someone junior, sort of a senior, but find that they're very smart. They can deliver more right, than just to take an average person. You can't build kind of things with just being average. You know, you have to really get the best of the best. You know? Yeah, yeah. Back to that conversation about the model. Right. So, what's this new model, and what does it look like to move to the new model? Yeah. So, so the new model now is dark stores, right? Like picking from your own stores. What we did is. I think during, well, we couldn't do much during COVID, right? But we were, the platform was ready, but not really ready as such. You know, there were so many things, you know, that we had to learn, to 
change people's mindset as well was quite hard. In fact, that was the most difficult thing, yeah, right, on this pivot because you now have a team, we have a big team. In fact, we've raised about 13 million rand and as well, you know, mm. to build this model. But that man was getting charged by the old model, you know, mm. having established that that stores all of those things. But you have a team. And then now these people, when they came here, they, some of them, they still don't get it. As to like, why we must move this site? So it was not an easy pivot because I'm no longer doing it alone. The other ones, it was easy because it was just me deciding, you know, with my partner. Said, oh, tomorrow we're going this site. I was like, okay, cool. This mm-hmm. one is like, you're now moving the people. So that was hard, you know, and you'll see it every day, like where sometimes, for instance, like we, we used to have a lot of advertising revenue from brands. So you're sitting here and I'm thinking, well, maybe the most important thing is not about advertising revenue because we want to scrap it, we want to build something. And when you scrap, in fact, initially we were assuming that it will be easy for customers just to switch from the other side to the other side, just like that, you know. And that assumption was wrong, you know. In fact, it meant we had to start from scratch. So you are no longer moving the other side with the revenue of, you know, 300. You are moving to the other side with zero. You must then now start working on convincing those customers to buy from you, right? So, and then at the same time, then you've got multiple people in the business who this one thinks maybe let's go and sell, like, I mean, 300 units you can sell, the advertising revenue, like the banners, all of those things, you can attract a lot of money because, you know, there's a lot of eyes that are coming to buy stuff, you know. But also as a business, you also have to make a call that do you want to continue to make something that doesn't have a future? or you want to stop it so people can start working on things that are going to be meaningful, right? And I had to make that call because over time, I actually would have loved to have that revenue, but I then realized that people don't understand that this is not the way we're going. So, how, how difficult was it, you know, you're speaking about how difficult it was from a team perspective because now it's about, okay, here's the vision and yeah. we need to like be able to pursue this vision no matter how many hits we have to take because, yeah. you know, just switching off a form of revenue is not going to be an easy thing, right? Yeah, yeah. How difficult was it to convince customers that, no, this is still us. This is still the platform you use. The only difference is that, you know, this is not coming from the retail partners. This is coming from us. It was really difficult at the time, right? Like, for instance, we had, like, high, what do you call it, the high LSM customers, most of them, right? You know, they buy from Woody's. Let's just put it like that. They buy from Woody's, right? So Woody's was a big... We had a very big customer base of, you, know, you can just imagine customers who are spending over 50,000 rand a day. And then when we switched to the other side, you know, even the quality to get the fresh rides back in those days as well as quite, because now it's hardcore retail. It's no longer like you are just picking from someone. You know, now doing everything. So proper refrigerations, all of those things, you know. So we did lose a lot of people at that time, right? So we had to sort of like build this new base can sort of like go and and that I always knew as well right but I didn't expect it to be that bad <clears throat> you know it was more like yes we're gonna lose customers maybe you know but we had to go from scratch to, uh, you know over, over over a period but also like people also had people were angry what the hell why are you doing this why you know so like there was a lot of anger from customers as well you know and and also it was really because then also the the pivot was gradual but got to a point where I realized it's not helping us, you know. So mm. there were times where we were still picking from, like for instance, like in this warehouse, we were sitting in here and Paul's off. We'll still pick some of the stuff, Woody's and the Dava comes and pick stuff here. 
But then I realized if we don't stop this, we're not going to scale this platform. So we had to switch that completely as well. Like, you know what? We're switching off. And also the people as well, sometimes they would entertain things that are no longer supporting strategy. Because remember, it's one thing to communicate the strategy to people. But whether if they understand it every day and they're practicing it, it's a different thing. So you can tell someone that we are going this route, but tomorrow they wake up and then they are working on something that is still old mode. Mm. So I had to make like a very difficult call to say, guys, no more, like anything like this, we're stopping it. Anything, when, every time when I see something that is actually taking us to the old stuff, I was like, stopping this, you know? Yeah, and then that's, I think that's where I, I, I can say I learned a lot on how to build on the previous one, you know? Fast forward today, with seven dark stores, to grow them, we have about 4,000 SKUs that we sell from our dark stores. We change our operating hours now, we can actually order from us 6 a.m. until 10 p.m. Mm. We're big on alcohol, definitely, because we deliver very quickly. <laughs> so a lot of customers really are using us for you know for those instant needs mm. something to be delivered to you quickly so the customer base has shifted a lot as well you know yeah a lot of young people you know use the platform back then the average basket size was well, small basket size compared to what it was back the back then i mean when it's still picking from movies average basket size was 650 now you're looking at 270 so a lot of things have changed we used to use a lot of cars then now we have a lot of bikes yeah, so a lot of things really, really changed. But I think the great thing is just the opportunity in terms of what you can do in this space. We really, one thing that I'm very passionate about as well is to give other small brands an opportunity. If you look at Return South Africa, it's very much, it's, it's much monopolized. You know? Right now, I think we have an opportunity to give access to smaller players. We've got a couple of players who are actually able to sell their products using us, you know, which wasn't going to be possible if you look at main, uh, mainstream retail. You know? So, yeah, so those things are, you know, are driving me every day to say, what else can we do? We're looking to expand quite drastically on the pharmacy space. So by next week, you should be able to upload your prescription on the Zuzu platform, get your prescription medication delivered to you. But as of today, you can still order Schedule 1 and 2 on our platform. And yeah, and then we also integrate with the different medical aids as well. So you can use that as a payment for your medical aids. So there's quite a lot of things that we are working on as a business. But now I think it's much better because I think I've, that experience of changing things, moving from one space to another and and communicating well with your team as well, you know, taking them out, making sure they understand the vision, understand it fully, you know, and also they buy into the vision, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How important was, you know, raising the money that you did for being able to still, you know, figure things out, build a team and keep iterating as fast as possible to building what you guys are building now? Because I think, you know, someone was, was, was actually speaking about, I think I saw this on Twitter. People used to speak about 10,000 hours as being the way to become a master of something. But that's now shifted to 10,000 iterations instead. Yeah, yeah. So what you need to do is not necessarily do one thing the same way for 10,000 hours. It's actually just doing one thing in 10,000 different ways mm-hmm. for you to really learn as much as you possibly can about something. Yeah. And I think what you've done is being able to learn so much about being able to create value for people that want access to the things that they want at the time that they want them. Yeah. I'm just curious how that like, yeah, you raise this money. Yeah. How has it now, you know, helped you iterate faster, better, 
and help you be able to, you know, start to focus on the vision that you, you originally had and the one that's like developing as you grow. Yeah. Look, you know, funny enough, like when we raised was before COVID. So, mm. you know, like, I think by the time COVID like was done, I think I was left with like maybe about five million rand or so of cash. Mm. But really they didn't help us much in terms of fast checking the, the dark store. Because the old model really charged a lot from, from that, you know. But I think, I think maybe the positive part is that on the tech side, we're able to grow our team, really build sustainable business from the tech side. So that really helped us to open more dark stores on the other side, you know. So, so yeah, so we, I think I'll say like I, now we're at the point where we're able to run two things. Mm-hmm. Where in the beginning it was really difficult. So I got to learn how to make sure you can grow the team, bring the right people on the tech side and really run it as a separate company where it, it, it can it can do everything. And on the other side as well, you've got another company that's able to do something, you know, and innovate, continue to innovate. You know, also these things one thing also we'll learn is it also requires different types types of people, you know. which is also very difficult. You know, when you're doing something you have to switch context very quickly. So mm-hmm. when you interview you need to understand that if I get a guy like this, it might not fit well here, but he might do well on the other side. So those are the things that, you know, over time I had to learn. So yeah, so I think for myself, what I can say, yeah, it's been quite challenging to build where you must you make money and then you build something. You know, what's easy probably is just to, when you raise, you can take a break a little bit. But having to make money to grow something, I guess that's, that's a little bit hard. What do you, you know, what does the future look like? But what do you hope your impact will be over the next five to 10 years? Look, I think, we we definitely want to transform healthcare. We, mm. we want to make that accessible. We want to not just farmers only, but just making it possible, you know, for for people to use platforms to share ideas, to treat people, to do a lot more, right? You know, like if you go to the villages today, people are dying because of some very stupid things. Mm. You know, there's no proper access to healthcare. You know? So we want to bridge that gap as well, where we can. You know, make it possible for them to really live the same life that we have here. You know, there's a lot of doctors who want to help, but they can't travel. So technology can make it possible for them. You know, on the dark store side, on the grocery side, we definitely want to push more for smaller businesses to develop them to become great FMCGs. We really, really want to transform the, the retail landscape here in South Africa. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've also learned, though, is not going to be direct as such. You know, that there's going to be many things that we're going to do as that some of it you will ask yourself, what are they doing now, right? But you know, to put together those puzzles, it's not it's not just gonna be you just selling groceries just like everybody's doing. You have to use different avenues to attract these customers, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be a lot of that. You know, we're gonna be launching multiple products, multiple services on our platform. So the platform itself is transforming to become more like a like a super app, but really bring things that you as a customer really so yeah, so really looking forward to to change the lives of people. But healthcare is something that I really want to disrupt. Yeah, yeah. Last question: What do you know now that you wish you knew when you started your journey as an entrepreneur? So, when you opened that website that first time, say, you know what, I'm gonna take on this debt, get these books, you know, fill my apartment with books. <laughs> yeah. What do you wish you knew when you started that? that you know now after building this incredible business? 
if I knew that this thing was going to need money from, from me, not the other way around. You know? <laughs> then I used to think, I'm going to make a lot of money. But, you know, I think really what has changed now is also what drives you, right? To be honest, when I started Zuzi, I was driven by money. It was clear that I want to make X, Y, Z. But over time, when we start to work with a lot of people, see what they do with their salaries, it changes you. you know, it's hard to remain the same where you are just driven by money. So the drive is, has changed quite a lot, you know. An example is also like, I mean, what we what we do, check us on the other side, that makes a lot of cash for us, right? But we deploy a lot of that cash on our dark stores, you know, to grow our dark stores. And the question has been raised, even from, you know, check us to say, why don't you just guys do this only? You know, because if you do that, you'll be super rich, you know. You find that the drive has changed completely. You know, the, the drive now is to really make an impact in people's lives. It's easy to say that, you know, like when you still want money, you know, when you get it, you're like, okay, I don't have to change people's lives. But in our case, I think that's genuine, where we we really want to build for impact, you know, and change the status quo as well, right? doesn't make sense when you look at all these industries where you have a lot of, you know, black people as consumers with no ownership. That has to change. It doesn't change by us going to take their stuff. It starts by us building our own things, you know. And for me, like, it's about us building our own things. You know, it's, mm. it's about us. Like, it's about you know, it's not about us taking credit for what Chickas have done for themselves, but Zuzi becoming that player, you know, mm. that can really change the status quo here in South Africa. You know, I think that's that that's going to be a true transformation where black people are now in charge of this different industry, whether it's banking, mm. insurance, all of those things. You know, we we have to do things of our own. And the masses are there, right, to support this. You know, everybody wants to support, wants to see us grow. We just have to do it, you know. And you don't have to wait for anyone else. You know, a lot of people always think, let's wait for government to do this. You don't have to do that. Just start with you. The change that you want to see, we start with you. And that's what we want to do from our side. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. access previous episodes of this podcast but also again access to other shows on our network please visit lucha.com